This is another episode of Flavor in Your Ear Podcast. A podcast about damn near any and every topic with no filter and zero regard for the easily offended. Everything you say upsets somebody. Please welcome the man behind the madness. The most important person with all due respect. Let's go! Your host and audio flavor maestro. My man. Marquise Edwards. What is going on, everyone out there? Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. We are back with another outstanding episode of Flavoring Your Ear podcast, where we reach out to special guests to share their stories, talk about what type of people they are, life experiences, and whatever you know, whatever they're contributing to this world. Because we, are, I'm trying to highlight, you know, positivity, enhancement, life enhancement, women empowerment, all those type of things. So I look for special guests to elaborate about these topics, and we talking. Have meaningful conversations, so we we're still a little fun in there too. But you know, the conversation still has some meaning to it. So I found across the world in Washington another Edwards, you all. So I'm Marquis Edwards, of course. But I found my long lost brother David Edwards here. So <laughs> he'll, he'll be joining us today, and uh, I'll allow him to just speak a little bit about himself before you know we get into our conversation. So the floor is yours, David. Thanks very much, Marquise. Okay. Uh, and it's fun to have another Edwards. You know, um, <laughs> they, they talk about uh, Googling yourself, right? <laughs> and so I tried that. And like, I'm not even, I wasn't in the first 10 pages. There's, there's a David Edwards, another long lost relative of ours, who is <laughs> Irish, evidently. Oh, and wow. he's like number one. When you Google David R. Edwards, he was mm-hmm. a singer for a progressive rock band called Dagblue or something like that. Hmm. And I'd never heard of it, but, you know, I like music, but I'm not, like, (laughs) into music like my daughter is. But Mm -hmm. she had never heard of it either. But anyways, but he passed away last year, evidently. Mm. And um, fairly young. um, And uh, that was rather tragic. But anyways, that's who comes up. Like, the first page is all about Mm -hmm. him. And then the second, if you're a football fan in the United States – David Edwards is a football player, uh, a black man, mm-hmm. um, uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, they just won the Super Bowl. So he's like the nice. next most famous David Edwards. Oh, and then man. there's a whole list of people that aren't me or you. <laughs> but anyways, um, so and that's okay, frankly. I don't mind that at all. But it is kind of like page 10 i found myself i think a linkedin connection or something which, you know, whatever. it's a it's a funny world but uh if we all depended on being rich and famous like being the first thing on the page to be happy oh my gosh would we all be in trouble oh, right oh yes we yeah we'd be in big trouble <laughs> <laughs> so um a little bit about myself i um other than I'm not on the first 10 pages even of uh, Google. <laughs> um, although I'm working on that a little bit. And not to be famous, but uh, to try to kind of share some things, some insights that I feel very blessed to have um, come across. And okay. uh, trying to share that with as many people as I can. But So I've, I've, I've been married for 36 years. That's pretty unusual anymore, Con- I think. Con- congratulations. Yeah, that's, that's a feat for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so and my lovely wife, Linda, um, and 
I've been working in healthcare for about the same amount of time.、Mm. Um, and I've mostly worked in nonprofit healthcare, so like a community health center or、okay. senior centers.、Um, I worked in cardiology, which seems a little different from most of what I've done, but it was marvelous experience. I mean.、Mm-hmm. It was a group of people that were creative. We were very mission focused,、um, and we had so much fun. <laughs> I got to do some really fun things for me. So I have an MBA,、uh, Masters in Business Administration, with an emphasis in Healthcare Administration.、Mm. And so for like you're kind of a nerdy guy, right? Computers、mm-hmm. and you know fancy audio and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so for me, it was like I got to help create an. Insurance carve out,、um, and I got to、um, start. I didn't even know what it was, but it was one of the first application service providers、mm. in healthcare in the country.、Okay. Uh, and I didn't even know it. it. We just had some local doctors who said, "Hey,、uh, these you know electronic health records are kind of a cool thing," and you know it was pretty new. This was in the nineties,、mm. and、uh, and so they said, "Hey, Dave, you have a good." Uh, computer savvy and、um, and you guys, you know, offer a good service, and we like working with you. We trust you, so you should start up a company that you would host, and、um, we would all share the software product.、Mm. So today, you know, this is just almost how things are done. But at the time, it was pretty、um, leading edge still. I remember in 1999, I went to San Jose. The Second time in my life, I guess, but you know, kind of Silicon Valley in California to the very first national ASP conference, and、um, you know, we started learning about what we should be doing. <laughs> Anyways, but it was all these things for me were just fun. It was creative. It was interesting. We did partnerships with the restaurants, so it was like a good housekeeping seal of approval, which. A lot of people might not even know what that is anymore, but、uh, um, let me think. I'm aging myself here, but、uh, <laughs> it, was like, it was like an organization. They put their、mm-hmm. seal of approval on a product. Okay. Basically, and so we developed a partnership because we were all about reducing the impact of cardiovascular disease, right? And so we developed a restaurant, a partnership with restaurants, because we found data that said forty percent of meals are eaten outside of the home.、Mm-hmm. So diet is a huge part of managing our cardiovascular health and our overall health.、Mm-hmm. Um, and so we thought, well, we want to partner with restaurants, and we developed. Well, anyways, I could go into a lot of details, but <laughs> it was just fun to do these things. I got、mm-hmm. to work with people that were interesting and. Um, it was just a great time, and so I spent most of my career, though, in primary care,、mm-hmm. and probably the last decade or so, I worked in tribal health. I worked in Nigeria for a while, commissioning a hospital over there.、Um, but、uh, the last decade, I've worked in primary care, and really、mm-hmm. what I call whole person integrated primary care. And so the mental model that we were trying to follow and pursue, and and then the business model to match that, was that you, Marquis, and everybody who's listening to the podcast,、mm-hmm. I know this will be shocking to you. So listen very carefully. You were born with your head connected to your body. 
<laughs> what a shocking concept, huh? <laughs> but in the Western world, right, we've divvied up your body. And every mm-hmm. specialist, you know, your oncologist, your uh, uh, epidemiologist, your mm-hmm. orthopedist, your whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the specialist, you know, they've own that little part of your body, at least when you go see them, that's how it feels like. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the truth of the matter is, though, is that you may see a psychologist, you know, for some things that are going on in your head, mm-hmm. and you may see a neurologist for physical things that are going on in your head, and you mm-hmm. may see a dentist for what's going on in mm-hmm. your mouth, yeah. and a, a general practice, uh, you know, kind of practice physician for what's going on for the rest of you. But the fact is that you're connected and everything that goes on in your brain affects your body. Everything goes on your body affects your brain and vice versa. It's it's inseparable. And thank goodness for that. And so we have evolved as a medical system in the United States and most of the Western world, this kind of bifurcated guild based medical model. And so if you have any kind of major healthcare issues, it's very likely that you go see whoever the specialist is, but they don't have any idea what primary care is doing. And mm. nobody knows what the dentist is doing and nobody knows you know, what the psychologist is doing because everybody's in their silo. And what mm. we wanted to do was reconnect everything. We wanted to have a, a clinical model where when you, Marquise, come into the health center, mm-hmm. um, and if I was your primary care provider, let's say, um, I would look at you and I would have a conversation with you and you would say, yeah, I'm concerned about this or I'm concerned about that. And, and then we would start to work on a plan and we might say, you know, I think I have a therapist over here that could be really helpful. Hmm. Or I, I, we have a behavioral health consultant who's more like a behavioral physical health coach, right? Okay. Um, hmm. Or we might have a community health worker. Or we might have, you know, whatever it is, the dentist or a hygienist, or there was a whole team of people that were in the wings, basically. Nice. But the idea was you're the center, and frankly, you're the captain, because mm. you only come and see us every now and again, most likely. Mm. And so mm. the vast majority of your life, you know, you're on your own, and you've got to manage your own health. And so we were looking at this model that we developed, and we'd had some really good results, right? Some really good clinical outcomes. Um, Our patients were mostly, not everybody, um, but mostly very happy. And they, you know, were spreading the word about this was a great place to go. Um, We did something that I was very proud of. And again, I'm one person um, Mm -hmm. out of, you know, a whole group of, I think when I left, we were about 170 people. But um, um, so I'm just one person, but we actually, the first place I know to ever do this, we eliminated any disparities in clinical outcomes. So like if we're managing diabetes, so you're a black man and I'm a white man and a typical mm-hmm. healthcare setting in the United States, at least, um, I would have better health outcomes than you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. that's just what the data tells us. Mm-hmm. But in our health center, our minority population had as good a health outcome as our majority population. There was no mm. disparity, no difference, no mm. negative difference. And we actually had some of our minority population actually were having better outcomes. Um, wow. And so 
it was just another wonderful place to work. We had this opportunity to build a new health center, a brand new building, right? Just twice the size, better technology, better design, better designed to support this kind of integrated whole person model um, that mm -hmm. we had evolved over years and years. And, um, and as we were, you know, doing the design work and we started construction, I realized, given our model, since you, Marquis, are the captain of your care team, not me, mm -hmm. if we can't help you to fulfill that role in a more competent, capable way, more confident mm -hmm. way, then we were going to struggle in having the kind of outcomes that we wanted to have. Does that make sense? I mean... No, it, it, it does. It does. Um, so, so this was my first wow moment. No matter how wonderful our people were, how wonderful the new building is, no wonderful how our computer systems are, no matter how wonderful scheduling is and follow-up and all that. Mm -hmm. If you aren't more capable than you were before, then we're going to have limited effectiveness. And if you and I are thinking, we're listening, you know, you're listening audience, you might think, well, healthcare, right? Well, I don't have any big health problems, which is good for you, first of all. Um, but these skill sets, as I started to study this, are applicable to all areas of your life. Mm -hmm. So all domains of life, so work, healthcare, physical health, mental health, your hobbies, your family, relationships, all of these areas, these principles that I was discovering apply through all of these. And so it's not just about being the captain of your healthcare team, it's really about becoming the captain of your own life. Hmm. And, and that was really kind of amazing to me. And the, the second wow moment I had was when I realized that there was this about change. So when I say change, what do you think, what does that mean to you? What are the, just the first thing that comes to your mind? Something different. Something different, right? Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. really two kinds of something different, two kinds of change. The one we see and is obvious, and I'll mm -hmm. use as an example, when I was a much younger man and my wife and I, newly married, we bought our first VCR, video cassette recorder. Do you know what that is? Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. And so, you know, in the old days, 30, 30 plus years ago, when we wanted to watch a movie, like when I was growing up, it was just what was on the three channels on television. That's mm -hmm. how we watched the movie or we went to the theater, right? That was, that was what we had. Right. Then, you know, when my wife and I got married, they invented VCRs. And so this was a big box. Our first one cost $400. Four heads, you know, it was really nice. We saved up for like a year to buy this company. <laughs> and I felt pretty smart because I could program it to record a TV show at six o'clock in the evening before I got home. And then we could watch it, you know, later on that evening. And mm -hmm. that was something that a lot of people couldn't figure out. But that was technology, right? And that's how we got our entertainment. Now, of course, VCRs, nobody has VCRs anymore, right? We got DVD right. players. Right. And then we got Blu-ray players, and now we pretty much just stream everything. Mm -hmm. 
right? And so the technology is constantly changing. And you could think of any aspect of your life, and it's the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got to keep up with this external change if we want to enjoy the opportunities that life offers, if we want to remain relevant, frankly, in life, and really if we want to be free. If you think about that, using the technology gives you freedom to do more than you could if you didn't have it. Mm. And so it's important mm. to keep up. Does that make sense so far? No, well, absolutely it does. You got to keep up. It's you, evolution, you in a way, yeah. You exactly. Know, adapting, you know. Yep. And so the, and that's now the first kind of change. And I will, having said all that, it is the least important kind of change <laughs> of the two. So the other kind of change that I would suggest is even more important is internal change. So this is the process of me, David, or you, Marquise, or any of Mm -hmm. our Edwards ancestors, wherever we join up up there someplace. Um, Mm -hmm. It is the person that we are becoming. It's not what we can do, right? Outward change is a lot of what can I do. But Mm -hmm. inward change is who am I becoming? Mm -hmm. And so I suggest that as much more important, and this is why, because who you are becoming is the foundation for success in all areas and domains of your life, including Mm, managing and keeping up with external change. Because if you aren't changing and evolving and becoming more, more capable, more, you know, whatever characteristics, whatever values, whatever goals you have, you know, if you're not becoming more, as the world moves on beyond you, right, you are not going to be able to keep up. You will strive. You will run harder. You will be on YouTube looking up tips and tricks and techniques mm-hmm. all day long, but you won't be able to keep up because right. you are not becoming a person who can keep up. Mm. Mm. And I and I like to move, and I, I know you're a technology guy, and so I'm not saying anything. I'm not a Luddite. <laughs> and you guys know what a Luddite is, but these were guys back in the early days of the Industrial Revolution. And they basically said, these machines are bad. So I'm not going <laughs> to learn to use the telephone. I'm not going to learn to drive a car. I'm not going to take the train. I'm not going to use any of this, you know, cotton gins, any of that fancy stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they were Luddites and they resisted. They pushed back. And so I'm not a Luddite and I'm, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting, <laughs> though, that as people who for probably four or five generations now, we have been in the midst of this industrial revolution. And what I call an industrial or a mechanical metaphor. And we see it, it's pervasive, it's all around us. It's like the old saying, fish are the last to discover water. Mm. Right? The Mm. water is all around them. They don't even think about it. It's just the environment that they're in. So they, they don't even think about it. I'm, you know, I am in water. So what I'm suggesting is that we think a little bit and we think about the environment that we're in. And, and I'm not going to dive into this. There's another podcast where I did, but that was kind of their thing. And, uh, and it made sense. So I'm just going to suggest 
that we're in this mechanical kind of mindset. We talk about driving things and making things happen and, you know, cogs in a machine. It has to be more efficient. You know, we use these kinds of metaphors or these kinds of words to describe not just the machines in our life, not just the technology, but even ourselves. Mm. And I'm going to suggest that that has a cost. And there's a fair amount of destruction involved in that. Destruction of the environment, mm. destruction in families, destruction in accountability, frankly. Um, and again, that's kind of another podcast. But, but what I want to suggest is that we are wise as we are thinking about human beings So that would be myself as a whole person. Mm -hmm. And that would be you and I as people who have a relationship or having a conversation or a, right. That we kind of harken back to how human beings actually really in reality are, which is mm -hmm. we are a part of nature. Right. And we are more like a natural system than a mechanical system. And in a natural system, everything you do, like when you prick my finger, right? Well, that affects the circulatory system, which goes throughout my body, affects mm -hmm. my nervous system, which goes throughout my body, right? Everything is connected, as we talked about. If you're diabetic and you have a gum disease in your mouth, like maybe you're not brushing your teeth, you should brush your teeth. Here's the the the, the daddy and healthcare administrator, right? <laughs> Two minutes twice a day, that's not a lot of time to spend to keep good oral health. But anyways, if you don't take care of your mouth and you have diabetes, what happens is your body focuses on your mouth and trying to fight that disease. But there's only so much fighting capacity that the body has. So the diabetes tends to be unchecked and it gets worse. And then you get neuropathy and all these really negative, horrible things. Whereas if you just took care of your mouth, right, took care of that infection, the body is not fighting anything, right? right? So it can then focus on fighting your diabetes and helping you remain healthy without disease. Again, everything's connected. Everything mm -hmm. we do matters. And so in a natural system, we think about this as a natural system that really it makes sense. I like to use the metaphor of a cherry tree. Because I worked, I lived and worked in a rural area. We had lots of orchards around. And mm -hmm. I think of it like a cherry tree. And in nature, everything starts small. So as mm -hmm. we think about ourselves in this natural metaphor, we, we don't jump out or run out and go, man, I heard this great podcast with Marquise and he had Dave on. And he was talking about changing who I am. And that's really cool. I mm -hmm. love this. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, you start making a list of these 10 things you want to do. I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to take a class and I'm going to clean the house better. I'm going to brush my teeth twice a day. And you make <laughs> this list and all of a sudden you have overwhelmed and you have all this stuff. And then, you know, you fail and you think, ah. Eh, Yeah, I'm not that smart. I guess I can't really do stuff that I need to do. And your mm -hmm. mind, you know, starts running amok and you start ruminating and, and you have all this stuff that happens. And so in nature, we start small. So we don't pick 10 things. We don't pick five things. We say, in my journey of life, and I'll talk about where I suggest you start, but you pick one thing. That's mm -hmm. what I suggest start with start very small mm -hmm. and you try one thing and you develop some success because you're very focused 
and you can mm-hmm. put a lot of energy into it, even though we have limited energy. And I want to recognize that, right? Every mm-hmm. one of us who's listening, you know, we're busy. We have full lives. Marquise mm-hmm. is out here. I think it's the middle of the night there. So <laughs> <laughs> early morning or something. I don't know. It's anyways, it's, it's, you know, I'm in the morning and you're probably in the evening. Mm-hmm. And, and so we all have stuff going on. And so we want to start small because that's going to lead to greater success. And what happens yeah. is you have small successes. It builds. It's like climbing a ladder, one step at a time, small successes. And as you get good at that and you develop more skill around it, then mm-hmm. you can maybe pick two things, right? And then you get success because that builds belief and strengthens belief, which is a foundation that's critical for all of us and the seventh principle in my book. Um And we just start this positive spiral instead of the, I'm going to try to do 10 things, which creates a negative spiral almost always. Mm. And so we start small. So where do we start? That becomes a question. If we have some interest, I want to become more than I am now. I want to become a a new, my my book is called New You, Who Knew? Mm. Right? So this (laughs) idea that your life is a process of becoming a new you. It's mm. constant. It's not like, yep, in a year I'll be a new me and then I'm done. Whew, now I can relax. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just like that external change never stops, mm-hmm. your internal change never stops. Mm-hmm. And so the key, though, is for you to be the captain of it because the default is for you to be the, you're in the Air Force, right? So what is it, an airman first class? Is that the first? Us airmen, then airmen first class. There you go. So if you're just an airman, right? Mm -hmm. If you're an airman, everybody is telling you what to do. Is that not correct? That's very correct. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And every day, every one of us, unless we're a Luddite, you know, we have like 3,000 messages where somebody's trying to tell us what our priorities are. Right. Mm. Well, you should go to this place on vacation. Well, you should save up your money for this car or you should buy this ring or you should eat this yogurt or you should, you know, whatever it is. There's like 3000 messages telling us, you know, which programs to use and who to like and how to date and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's endless. Mm. And they all want a piece of our wallet. They all want a piece of our mind. And they want us to follow them and all this kind of stuff. What I suggest is that what you want to do is to say, wait a minute, I don't want to be an airman forever. We all start off as airmen and that's okay. But Mm -hmm. at some point as adults, we really want to become kind of go through the ranks until we've elevated ourselves to being the captain of our life. And then we make choices about there's all these influences, there's all these suggestions, but I'm the captain of my life, so I'm going to do this and this and this, right? And I don't let other people choose that for me, not my friends, not my parents, not my buddies, not the marketers or anybody else. I'm Mm -hmm. going to do that myself. Does that make sense that we would want to do that, Marquise? Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, why wouldn't you want to be in control of, I guess, the capital of your life? I mean, it's a simple concept, but it's actually extremely important. And it, especially what you said about internal growth. I feel like a lot of adults um, in general, you know, they have 
a lot of ways and things that how they are and the internal growth is the hardest one you know to kind of specify that where they need to internally grow so I, I think you're spot on with everything you just said all right awesome thank you <laughs> so so um so we're, we're talking about this and so i'll kind of harken back a little bit and then i'm gonna if it's okay i'd lead into the 10 principles sure sure mm-hmm. So I was studying as a part of this process when just, by the way, I got fired from my job. Um, I loved my job. I worked really hard. Frankly, I worked a little too hard, probably. I probably wasn't in as good a balance as I might have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I missed some things. I had a disagreement with my board, and, and I lost the argument <laughs> to, to do the short short version. And uh and so I had some time on my hands, and so I really dove deep, and I was studying these change models. So, um, does that mean anything? I'm thinking. So I'm using you as a proxy for the audience. When I say change models, does that mean anything to you? Uh, change models, I guess, in my vision, I would say is formula, or you know, you know, well, a model is like a, a gauge, or you know, a way that you know you would like a, kind of like a formula to change a formula or something you know, of, that, of that nature so a mold a guide you know that's kind of what i was thinking am i that's perfect i think it's a great way to look at it. it's a guide it's a framework mm-hmm. right and and you would think you know change is change there's only going to be one model of change well <laughs> i'm sorry there's no. probably dozens mm-hmm. but i kind of looked at maybe a half a dozen to ten And this was my second big wow moment. My epiphany was that at the foundation, at the core of all Mm -hmm. of these change models is personal or intrinsic motivation, right? That's our drive. That's what gets you up in the morning. That's what helps you follow through. That helps you stick with it when things aren't going well. You know, the mm. early days of podcasting and nobody's listening and you're going, oh, man, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> and, but you keep doing it and you keep learning and you, you get better and you grow and you grow. And and, you know, it, it, that's our motivation. And that comes from inside. You know, that's in your head. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that there are a set of skills. There are principles. And I identified 10 of them doing a lot of research i'm a little embarrassed i'm a little slow i think sometimes and so it took me a long time of reading and thinking and writing and talking to people and all that kind of stuff where i really had clarified enough that i could sit down and took a year 2021 i basically wrote the book um and um published it in january of this year 2022 um and and it outlines these 10 principles. And again, we're talking about foundations. This isn't the master class. It's not the advanced course. Because what I find, and I see this in my life, and I see it in the people that I've served and the people that I've worked with, um, we try to do big stuff. So we use like a cherry tree again, right? We're all trying to grow more cherries. We mm. want more fruit. That's the outcomes the product of whatever our efforts are. And we're focused on that. And there's a lot of knowledge out there, right? There's a lot of information, which Mm -hmm. is great. But we start focusing on producing, producing, producing. And then what happens inevitably, we're enjoying this fruit and it's wonderful. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, 
Mm -hmm. I don't have COVID. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, and we're producing, and then something happens because we have challenges in life. We have setbacks and it could be in a relationship. It could be at work. It could be in our ability to produce. It could be our health, right? I mean, it could be so many different things, a pandemic, uh, you know, it could be laid off or getting fired. And there's so many ways, you know, that this can happen, but the life has got challenges. And when we hit a challenge like this, what we find is we've been so busy doing and Mm -hmm. producing that we have not built the capacity through building our foundations to withstand trials and struggles. And then what happens instead of it being a minor problem, it becomes a catastrophic failure. It's like, you know, the spring is late. And so the trees never recover very well if they're weak, if they Mm -hmm. don't have a strong trunk and roots. Or maybe there's a drought, right? So if you don't have a big root system, you know you can't get enough moisture and, you, and you're going to fail catastrophically. The tree may even die, right? Mm-hmm. And so using this natural metaphor, we recognize that this process of becoming as a human being is a process of building strong roots and trunks, strong foundations and core that help us produce even more than we could have before, more than we'd Mm -hmm. ever thought about. Mm -hmm. And we can do it consistently. And it's less work because we've got all this infrastructure, this strong core that just makes it happen naturally. It just, it's just how it is, right? If you've got Mm -hmm. big roots and strong trunk, there's lots of nutrition, any of the sun that comes in, any of the rain that comes in, you know, you can gather it all and you're going to produce more regularly. And when the challenges come, you will produce less, right? You always do, but you will produce something and you will avoid catastrophic failure. So a breakdown, mm-hmm. depression, you know, giving up, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so this natural for this natural metaphor helps us look at ourselves in this way. We start small, we build slowly, mm-hmm. we focus on who we're becoming Mm-hmm. And we do so consistently as a lifelong journey, whether you're 22 or 62 or 82, it doesn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful lifelong process. And we have absolutely amazing benefits. They're off the charts. Does that make sense so far? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you think I blow smoke here? Is this just like... Uh, no, 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 no smoke blown at all. Um You've done, you can tell about it. You've done a lot of research and you can actually like hear it and your confidence and also in your being able to elaborate about it. And it's, I think it's something that we need to have normal conversations about. So the thing that's really good about this, right, is, you know, you wrote your book and you've done all the heavy lifting for everybody. So all they have to do is, you know, enjoy the, you know, the finished product, which is, I feel is, is great. So there you go. No smoke at all. <laughs> okay, good. And, you know, and it was very gratifying. Um, you know, I, I just published the book at the end of January. And so it's a slow process as a new author, you know, mm-hmm. without a platform. And, uh, um, but I had a woman in England, so closer to you than to me, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, who read the book and she left me a review. And it was her, Rebecca is her name. And, um, uh, it was just 
it just was so gratifying for me. Um, but she basically said, you know, the pandemic has been really hard on me. Mm. It's been a tough couple of years. Um, and I don't know if she's young or old or whatever, you know, she didn't say anything. So I have no idea on that. But mm-hmm. um, she said, basically, when I read your book, I got perspectives and tools that have helped me just in a very short while overcome some of the negative thoughts and negative patterns that she had developed and helping her move forward with her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you as an author, you know, or as a, you know, as a podcast host, if somebody gives you some positive feedback about something, you know, that was on mm-hmm. it, it, it just lifts you. It, it's gratifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I so appreciate that she had an open mind and when she read it again she doesn't try to change everything but you know you pick one or two things mm-hmm. that you know think this is the way that i'm choosing as the captain of my life to focus on becoming a more capable person you know the new me which is this constant ongoing journey of life so i recommend i know our time's getting short I recommend that everybody start with your values. And values is, in fact, the first principle. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a vague sense of, yeah, you know, I think uh, family is important or, you know, being honest is really important or uh, I love the environment, right, or, or whatever it happens to be. Um, mm-hmm. Your values create, it's like the, the, the initial seed when it germinates and it starts to put out roots, right? This is mm-hmm. what your values represent. It's kind of that base. It's those roots that over time become this huge root ball. And it's really the foundation to a healthy, successful you. And this robust, resilient, persevering, competent, connected, balanced you. And it's really the best place to start. So this is where we ended the conversation. Make your values explicit. So it's not a vague sense. I suggest you make them explicit. So for me, that means, and what the first chapter of the book does is it walks you through a a fairly simple process of identifying your top 10 values. And then you cut that in half and you prioritize them and say, these are my top five core personal values. There's not a right list or a wrong list. It's just your values that you've identified. And then you describe, what does that mean to me? And then you describe, what does that look like in my life, right? How do I live that value? Because having Mm. a value and not living it is a bad Mm. thing. I mean, that's bad Mm. for the mind. It's bad for your mental processes, right? So you want to live your values. And then you describe why you're better off. Right. There's a cost quite often because values tend to create boundaries or borders. Mm. And so we're purposefully, though, saying I'm going to create these boundaries or borders that by having them, they free up my energy. They free up my creativity. They free up my focus so that I'm actually working on and within a frame that I've determined that helps me be actually more successful to move Mm. further, faster. It's just like in the freeway, but we put barriers in between the lanes. Mm-hmm. Well, you think, why put barriers there? That sounds like a limitation. No, we put barriers there because with barriers, 
you are more confident, you can drive mm-hmm. faster, you can go further, you have less fear, right? And that's mm-hmm. what our values do. It creates these boundaries within which we decide to live our lives. Mm-hmm. And the scientific research, even though Socrates talked about values 3,000 years ago, and we'll talk about values in 3,000 years, because mm-hmm. it is simply how human beings work. And modern-day science, so scientific research, psychology, and whatnot, Mm -hmm. have found that having this clear, explicit sense of your values leads to greater well-being, greater meaning in your life, greater focus, and less Mm -hmm. regret. Does those sound Mm -hmm. like things that would make your life better as you become a new person? Mm -hmm. Most definitely. I feel, yeah, I mean, that's like a no-brainer there. I mean, you said a lot of key things there. You said, spoke about perspective. that's a huge and one of the reasons why I started this podcast, right? I said I want to help change mindsets of people, right? That's that was like my goal with podcasting to help change mindsets and have conversations about mindsets, mindset perspectives, healthier lives, knowing more, and you know, and speaking to people like yourself, David, that you know, actually have those messages and tools and practices and models for those to be able to use. So uh I thank you a lot for Definitely, you know, just explaining a lot. I feel like a lot of people may have to play this once or twice to get all the knowledge that you packed into this episode because it was it was a lot. But it's very valuable. It's very valuable and meaningful. It's very valuable and meaningful. And everyone out there, if you also, David, where can we find your book? What? So, how can we find your book? If you go to my website, so www.davidredwards.com, davidredwards.com. Um, That's the easiest way. And I've got links to the book. It's on Amazon right now. Um, Eventually I have it on Barnes and Noble and Kobo and other places, Um, hopefully in some bookstores at some point, but uh, um, right now it's on Amazon. So I have an author central site there and you can buy it in ebook for $7 and you can get it for in a paperback for $15. Okay. So that is (laughs) www.davidredwards.com pretty simple his name and uh, we'll also make sure that we include uh, he'll I'll I'll have David send me the Amazon link so if you all in the show notes we'll have the links for the book as well for those like access to Amazon if you don't want to go to the website which I don't know why but um, you know have options for you out there so I definitely recommend uh, putting this book in your in your rotation, book reading is something I feel like uh, the pandemic brought back to popularity. Uh, you know, when you can be able to focus on yourself and get into solitude, and you know, um, actually take in knowledge that makes a better you. So that's the goal here on Flavoring Your Podcast is to make a better whoever it may be, woman, child, man, animal. It doesn't matter. You know, just being better and. Uh, we have a lot of people out there, as you all can hear, that have done all the research, all the hard work, all of the uh, the sleepless nights, all the reading, maybe falling asleep with their nose in the book to come and compile all this information to be able to help people grow, help people be a better you. Who doesn't want to be a better you? I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. It's, it's a no brainer to me. So I really appreciate you, David, for uh Joining us today, joining me today, having this conversation with this invaluable content that you that you provided. Um, outside of your website, do you have any any other ways to contact you if anyone wants to get more information? 
I could give you, I have email, um, david at hvasf.com. Okay. Years ago, I decided I had this, I thought, well, what would you start a company if you were going to start a company? Mm-hmm. And for me, I read something that just resonated and, and it's an acronym, HVASF for health, vigor, animation, and social feeling. So this idea of we're a whole person, we want to be healthy, we want to be active, we want to be connected, right? We want to be these whole people in a whole society. And so that's that's what I want to leave on the, with the world. Hopefully I left it a slightly better than it was when I got here. I love it. And that's you're part of one of the reasons why I continue to do this, David. So that's beautiful. Um, thank you for your time uh, making these things happen I always value everyone's time uh, as you can see I, I'm, I'm always like loaded military thing like that but these are important conversations that I do enjoy having and I try my part as well do my part as well by reaching out to people like you and others and getting this out there to the airwaves and you know helping other people because helpful people help people and that's, that's what we want to do here on Flipping Your Podcast so in closing I'd like to say Thank you to everyone out there listening. We appreciate your your kind, lovely ears. I hope that we gave you all some value, some content. Like I said, David did all of the heavy lifting for us. Like So all we have to do is apply the principles, uh, get the book, read the book, and uh, most of all, become the captain of your life again. So <laughs> we thank everybody out there. Have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. And thank you for tuning in to another great episode of Flaming Your Ear Podcast with your host, Marquise Edwards and my long-lost brother, David Edwards, for this episode. (laughs) We bid you all a good one. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Please leave an honest review, subscribe, and share. Listen to us on all platforms. Follow us and ask questions on Twitter at Marquise Podcast Mailbag. Follow us on IG at flavor in your ear podcast and like our facebook page flavor in your ear podcast for exclusive content info special offers and free entry into our monthly giveaways send your email address to flavor in your ear 247 at gmail.com to join our email list if you're anxious we have a snippet following our next episode's topic peace and love